Welcome. Thanks for joining us today on the Venture Podcast. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you along your journey. Father, we come and uh, we declare those words today. We've seen you move. You've moved in the past. You're moving now. We believe you're going to move in the future. And Lord, as we sang that song, I I couldn't help but think of uh, so many of the testimonies I read, the testimony I feel personally of uh, you've called us to commit something that uh, is beyond us. And so you're going to have to move. And we're trusting you for that. Lord, I thank you for so many in this room who are stepping out by faith, not just financially, they're stepping out relationally. Some who are stepping out by faith because you've called them to do something hard in their life and they're trusting you with it. Some where they're in a season where they're alone right now and they're trusting that you're with them. Some who are facing sickness right now and they're trusting you with their health. Lord, all throughout this body, we, we look to you We trust you. We believe that you're the God who's not only moved in the past, but you have our present and we trust you with our future. And we come and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You can have your seat. Well, we do want to uh, take this weekend. I can't think of a better time of year for this weekend to fall on than the week before Thanksgiving. Because as a church, we have so much to be thankful for. We're thankful for how God's moving. We're thankful for all of you personally. I'm just thankful to get to be a part of a church like Venture and this church body. And I know as we move forward, in one way we finish uh, the breakthrough campaign. You won't hear this each week. In another way, for the next few years, we're on a faith journey with God. And we're on a faith journey as we step out. Some of the questions that you might have about where we are right now. You know, I announced 20 million, 500,000, a little bit over that. That number keeps coming in. There's others making decisions. And some of you go, Tim, when I did the math on it all, it was about 30 million in all the initiatives. And uh, the great news, and here's what you need to hear. We are thrilled because not only what was committed, but the timeframe, people that are stepping forward right now we can begin moving on all the initiatives. Now, the, the one that is the biggest one by far, the Venture Event Center, we're over halfway there on that one and, and can do every other one. And so you're gonna start seeing movement immediately. We're moving now. We want to move and, and work. There's work designed on the coffee shop and work on the front of the church, work on making the accessibility for ADA, the elevator that we need, the other parts of it to make this campus more accessible. We can move on that. We can move on the backyard with it. We've got a team that has been working already with no money spent. Oh, we, we've had people that have volunteered, worked with it on that digital toolkit and that process of it. And so we can move on that and we'll move and keep praying and we'll keep talking to people. We believe God has that venture event center and all that's needed for it. We can keep moving with the planning process right now. We can keep moving with the city. We can keep moving forward because this body stepped forward right now by faith. And you stepped out in a way that we don't have to wait forever that we go, oh man, we'd love to do that one day. We can step out right now. Yeah, that's worth celebrating. And hear me on the other part, God's got it. If there's one thing, every time I've prayed through this campaign, 
<laughs> the numbers scare me some nights. And then other times God would go, Tim, the one thing I have, I have money. I'm not short of it. <laughs> now you're going to have to trust me as I'm moving people's hearts. And trust me according to my time frame. And so it's no surprise to me that he's keeping us in a posture where we're having to lean into him. We're having to look to him. And so I absolutely believe as we move into these next couple of years with it, he's going to keep moving in hearts. Uh, I told you all along, this, this thing was never about a thermometer. So let's not turn it into it now. It's about God calling us out by faith about being able to step out and not just maximize this campus. The part I'm most excited about and we're already working on staff, it's not just about facilities, it's how do we mobilize the missionaries? How do we train? How do we use all of these things to help people on their journey to Jesus? That's the most exciting part. That's what we're putting our shoulder in the most right now. And I can't wait for us to go on that journey together. But in that process, I, I would encourage you, some have said, uh, is it too late? It's never too late. <laughs> in fact, the cards are there. If you've not been a part of this commitment, I, I'd encourage you, just listen to God. Listen to God, you can see the boxes come down, turn yours in. Some of you have been out of town, some have done it online. Some of you are still praying. I've, I've talked to some as couples, you haven't resolved the number. And that's a good conversation to have. And, and I would encourage you, don't shortchange the process of what God's doing in your heart as you lean into him. Um, God's moved in hearts and I, I don't wanna rob that experience from you. I would encourage you though, don't sit in a place of decision forever. Because sometimes we can go, well, I, I don't feel comfortable yet. You're not gonna feel comfortable. I'll just tell you right now, a step of faith never feels comfortable. And so there's a place where you, you have to step out and, and I would trust him, but you listen to him. Just listen to him and, and join us with it. I, I would encourage all of us who made a commitment. Can, can I just give a word of warning too? This commitment, it's a little bit like uh, riding a roller coaster of faith. And you're gonna feel, I felt it this week. You know, when you ride a roller coaster, you know, you get on the coaster and, and what's that, that first hill when you do the click, 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 click click, click, you know that feeling and it keeps going up and you're like, why did I get on this? And it's getting higher and the tension builds and then you kind of hit the top and you then, Whoa! we have been on that coaster. I, I felt it when Lee and I, we would talk about, okay, God, what is God calling us to give? And we would pray about it and you feel this click, 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 click and you're feeling it out, click, click. And then, you know, we had commitment study and you kind of put it in the box and it feels like you're going over the coaster. There's that like, and some of you, your old hats at it. You know, you're like people, ooh, you hands up on the coaster. Some of us, we were holding on for dear life. And you have that exhilaration. You're like, oh, I turned it up. Oh, it feels so good. And then, then this week I had to sit down and go, oh, I actually need to set up my giving. I actually have to start doing this. And you know what it felt like in that moment? Click, 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 click again. I, and here's what it's gonna be for all of us who are on this journey. There'll be moments of, oh, this is stretching me and scaring me a little bit. And then moments of exhilaration as God keeps showing up and keeps using it in our life. And so, so I'd encourage you, don't, don't let the emotions of the moment guide us as much as the truth of what he's called us to and stepping out by faith in that. Final thing I, I would just say, 
I hope you know, I hope you feel as an elder board, as a leadership team, we are both humbled and thankful for you in ways that I cannot express. Of just your generosity, your courage, and your faith. And to get to go on this journey with you, I I can't fathom any place I'd rather be, any people I'd rather be with than you guys as we go on this journey together. In fact, this this morning, I I want us to just take a little bit of time and turn our attention toward thanks. I thought in preparation for Thanksgiving, with all that God's doing in our life and all the ways he's blessing us, and there's few things more powerful than thanks. There's few things that, that scripture calls us to more than that. In fact, as we come up on Thanksgiving, you know, it was 402 years ago, a group of pilgrims who had just gone through dreadful years there, who had lost most of their people in the midst of all of that deprivation and hardship said, we need to carve out time to thank God. It was in 1863 that Abraham Lincoln, in the middle of the Civil War, in the middle of everything that was going on, said, we need to actually set aside a day to thank God. And it stood out to me, in both those cases, they didn't say, oh, we should thank God because life is great. They said, you know what, in the hardest of times, we should thank God. In fact, as Christians, we're commanded it. Paul says, rejoice always, choose joy, pray without ceasing, never stop praying. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances for this, and look at this line, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All the times that we talk about, man, if I only knew the will of God, I'm seeking the will of God, books that are written on the will of God. I, I don't know all of the will of God for your life. I can promise you one thing, he wants you to be thankful. God is calling you and calling us to be a thankful people. Now, here's the greatest thing about God's will. God's will is always for our good. There's never anything that God asks of us and commands of us that's for our detriment. It doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes when you're starting the Christian journey, maybe you're new in that journey, you go, man, it is hard aligning my life to what he has said according to his will and the word. The more you do that though, I promise you, here's what you're gonna find. Oh, this is that abundant life he was talking about. This is what he was protecting me from. This is what he wanted me to experience. And I would say for all of us, when he says that it's God's will that you're thankful, there are few things that will change your heart, your life, your physical being, your spiritual being, your emotional being than gratitude. And I don't just say that as a preacher. If you look, especially as fascinating me over the last 20, 30 years, there's been unbelievable studies, scientific studies around gratitude, the power of gratitude. And and they went through it. I I pulled up just a few of the studies this week and these are not from Christians. These are just medical authorities who've said gratitude has this unbelievable power. Look at just some of the things and I'll list them in your notes there. Higher levels of happiness and well-being. People who have a gratitude mindset invariably experience greater happiness and well-being. Doesn't mean that life got great, it just changes their mindset and their being. Less depressed and anxious. Now, it's not this magic cure to cure depression. Many people who struggle with depression need medicine, there's other things with it, but as a 
additive with that in the journey. And for all of us, gratitude is one of the most powerful tools that go hand in hand with both the medicine. More success at work. You go, oh, come on. People that have a grateful mindset who express gratitude, who experience it, have greater success at work. Less symptoms of physical pain. Uh, Again, and if you want the studies, the studies are out there on it. Better relationships and connection to community. Stronger marriages, stronger homes, stronger connection. Now, I, I could spend the whole time just talking about gratitude in this. I would just encourage you, when I see a list like this, all this confirms when Paul says, hey, be thankful for everything, it's the will of God for you. Why does God have his will that way? Because he wants you to experience this. He knows how life works. And the more you trust him and follow his will, the more you actually experience the abundant life that he promised in that. It's the will of God that we experience and do that. Here's what I'd encourage you. Um, Just a quick how-to. If you will, before you go to bed at night, If you'll just do this one thing, if before you go to bed at night, you'll stop and think of three things that you're thankful for. And I would encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, thank him for them. Just stop in that moment. Uh, People that have done that over just a few week period start experiencing more of these things in their life. Now, if you really want to take it next level and, and having a gratitude journal, or if you journal in your quiet time, have a little gratitude section and write out those three things. And the more you do that, I promise the long-term impact of that, that you start experiencing that in your life. Now, gratitude is powerful. Thankfulness is powerful. But as believers, we're called to be more than just thankful. In fact, this week, we have a holiday that's called Day of Thankfulness. Or is it actually called Thanksgiving? That's that next step in it, the practice of thanksgiving. And I, I wanna read a story, it's one of my favorite stories with Jesus. And if you, you look at it, it says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So Jesus is traveling up to Galilee and he's got to go through Samaria. And as he's going along, he's in one of these villages. And in the village, there's 10 guys over on the side of the road. If you were a leper, you were kind of like the living dead. Um, You weren't dead from it, but your life had stopped as you'd known. If you had a skin disease, if you had leprosy with that, you were required to remove yourself. You couldn't live at your house. You couldn't go to your work anymore. And and so lepers often would live in colonies together or you've got this group of 10 guys who are kind of like a a group of homeless guys on the side of the road who are just figuring out life together. And you have to live off the charity of either family who would bring you food or people that would give something to you. And so they're over on the side of the road, rejects, outcasts from everybody. They hear Jesus is coming and they thought, this is our shot. And so as Jesus is walking along, they cry out with a loud voice and they go, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. We have no one else. We have nowhere else we can go. There is no cure for what we're facing. 
And we're basically here on life, the living dead. Could you have mercy on us? Now, I don't know if Jesus is in a hurry. I don't know what was going. I always am fascinated the way he did different miracles. Some lepers, he would go over and touch them. Some people he put mud in their eyes. Some people he would call out. Some people he just sent them on their way. This group, Jesus saw them. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. Um, Now he's not blowing them off by the way, because if you were healed from a skin disease, if you were healed from leprosy, before you could go back to your family, before you could go back to your village, before you could join life again, it was actually the priest who determined that you were clean. And so you would have to go to the priest to present yourself and then he would look at you and see. And you know, leprous people, their, their noses might be missing, they had fingers missing, they lost nerve sensation, they would all of a sudden damage themselves. And so he would have to go look and go, oh yes, you are actually clean, you are clean, I'll pronounce you clean, you can go back into society. So when Jesus says this to him, he's kind of cutting the whole thing short. He says, hey guys, just go ahead and go to the priest now, trust me, just start the journey. And I'm sure they're kind of looking at each other going, well, this seems weird. Could he just kind of come over? Could he say something? Could he do something? Could he? But he, you know, notice what he's doing. He's, hey, by faith, I want you to trust me. You start moving now like it's gonna happen. You step out by faith now like it's gonna happen. And as they were went, they were cleansed. Some point on the journey, they looked down and fingers were restored. You look over and you go, wait, I have an ear where there wasn't an ear. My nose is there. My skin is whole. There's no dryness. There's no, no, none of the open sores and all that. All of it. Can you imagine in that moment what that was like? You're walking along and suddenly they're cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks And then then Luke puts in this part, he was a Samaritan. He was the foreigner. He was the guy they all looked down on. I I love this. He stops and he goes, but he doesn't keep going. He turns around and goes back. He can't run to his house. He can't do all the things that I know he wanted to do. He goes, no, 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 I got to do something else first. And and he goes back and, and this loud voice in Greek, you know what the two words are here? Megas, phonos. It's what we get megaphone from. He came back with his megaphone voice. He he didn't come back and, you know, kind of come up to Jesus and go, "Uh, Jesus, can I talk to you for a minute? Can can you come over here? And I don't want to cause attention. Come here. I just thank you. Thank you. You know, I don't want to draw attention. You know, just thank you for what you did. I just so good. Thank you. How we often treat things. No, before he even gets to the crowd, he's like, hey, look at me. I've been healed. He's crying out and he's thanking God. And notice his thanks of God leads him to the feet of Jesus. And he throws himself down there. And Jesus answered, were there not 10 cleansed? Weren't there 10 of you guys? Where are the nine? 
Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? The one guy who was the furthest from God? And then I love this. He says, said to him, rise and go on your way. And this phrase, your faith has made you well. That word well, three of the key Lucan scholars, as they've studied this, they go, that word well is not just physical well. He began a spiritual journey that day by faith. I I love this story because by the way, this is our whole model of what we want to do as a church of how do we love people in tangible ways and as they experience God's love and they come to give him praise, they begin a journey with Jesus and a relationship with him. That's, That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to copy Jesus in the context of where he's placed us. But, but I, I, I love this, this phrase here when he says, weren't there none, none others? What happened to them? And hear me, guys, I think every one of them was thankful. I think every one of them was grateful. But only one came back. I, I got a question for you. Are you a thanks feeler or a thanksgiver? This isn't a real word, I made it up, but you, you're getting the gist of it. I think a lot of us are thanks feelers. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm so blessed. So thankful. But, but there's a place to move from being a thanks feeler to a thanksgiver. And, and, and this movement to being a thanksgiver, you know, as I thought about it, it requires a couple of things. One, it requires humility. Because when you thanks, you're admitting to the person, I didn't deserve this. I couldn't have done this. You did something in my life beyond. And that takes humility. And the second thing it takes, it takes effort. That instead of just going on your way, like I'm sure he wanted to, he wanted to go home and he wanted to see his family and he wanted to do all these things that he'd been waiting to do. But he goes, you know what? It is worth the effort to turn around and go give thanks, not just feel it. Because in the same way that, that thanks and gratitude can build relationship the lack of it actually can hurt relationships. In fact, gratitude that's unexpressed actually feels like ingratitude. Even when it's not there. You may be so grateful, but you don't express it and the person's kind of left. Jesus is left going, "Um, where are the other nine? Is he the only one that felt this way, that acted on it? And I think this is the key challenging thing for all of us of going, I, I don't want to just feel it. Will I humble myself and will I take the effort to thank? Guys, I, I'm telling you, every marriage here would improve with more gratitude where it's actually expressed to the person. In fact, I can show you the studies on all that. That one, one researcher said, you know, if I were going to help any couple in their marriage, I would just, regardless of what else they're facing, I would have them start by being grateful. Finding ways that you're thankful for the other person 
and actually expressing it because you can get in habits. And we live in a world, by the way, that helps us stay negative and see everything of what everybody's doing wrong. Man, the powerful voices who come forward and go, hey, I don't know about all that, but I want to thank you. I need you. It improve your work relationships. It'll improve your relationship with boss. Teenagers, you want more freedom with your parents? Learn gratitude. You go, oh, how are those two? Just trust me on it. Start expressing gratitude for what they are doing. You'd be amazed what it does to that relationship. To be people who are grateful. And I would just challenge you this week over the course of this week with Thanksgiving, I'm sure there's a lot of people you're gonna be thankful for as you think about it. Would you take the time and express it to them? To express it to your family, not just feel it about them. To pick up the phone and express it to a friend. To send a note. The power of it in that moment. In a world that frankly is desperate for it. And it stands out so much that even Jesus looks at it and goes, man, I'm so appreciative for the one, but weren't there nine others? And I don't want people feeling that about me, but it takes humility and effort. And if there's anybody in this season that we should be thankful for and thankful to and actually express it to, it's God. That's one of the reasons I love coming here every week because I think worship is one of those times it reorients us. Worship is one of those times when we actually get to express thanksgiving to God. In fact, I, I would say worship's the opportunity to praise God. So when we praise him, we're declaring who he is. And I love so many of the songs that focus on his character and who he is as our God. But it also gives us a chance to thank God for what he's done. What he's done in our lives, what he's done in our eternity, what he's done in our souls, what he's done in our hearts, what he's done in human history, what he did on a cross, what he did when he rose from the grave, what he does every day when he meets with us, when he loves us, when he sustains us, when we get up and the sun's out and he's declared, guess what? You get new mercies today. We should thank him. And that's one of the reasons I love gathering here and I love our time of worship that we get to express it. And, and could I just challenge us a little bit? It might be worth expressing it with a megaphone voice more instead of the, you know, oh, Jesus, can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, while this song's singing, I'm gonna barely move my lips because I'm supposed to be thanking you in that. No, he actually commands us, sing to the Lord, make a joyful noise with a loud voice with it. There's a part of it of expressing that to him. And what we're doing in that moment, yes, you have to humble yourself. And for some of us, based on our singing voices, it's very humbling. But that's not the point. The point is just to have a place to go, God, I just wanna thank you. I wanna thank you for who you are. I wanna thank you for what you've done. And it's interesting 
As you read through scripture, I'd encourage you to read through the New Testament. Every time when it starts talking about thanking God in general, it always ends pointing to Jesus in particular. Blessed be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God because of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who has saved us through Jesus Christ because he was the one of the Godhood who came and personally sacrificed for us. And I tell you that story of the Samaritan, thankfulness to God will always bring us to the feet of Jesus. Always. Because he alone did for us what no one else could do or would do. And so we're gonna finish out our service thanking God at the feet of Jesus. And we're gonna do it through the way that he taught us, through communion. You know, last week we asked you to come down and uh, make a commitment. This week, I want you to come down and make a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we invite you to come and, and partake with us. We, we have an open communion table to those who follow Jesus. But I wanna encourage you right now to just take a minute or two and we'll have the worship team's gonna come out. And as they come out, why don't you take a minute and could you just bow your heads right where you are right now and reflect on a few things that you're thankful for that God's done in your life. Just take a moment. It's not hard. Just think of a few things. Go, just thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want you to think right now of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for you, that he died for you, that his body was broken, that his blood was shed, to change your life now, but to change your eternity forever. And just for a moment at his feet, just tell him, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's turn our reflection to a physical remembrance of who he is as the ushers come. I just wanna invite you and come to any of these tables who are down front. Um, be mindful of those who are around you. Some are praying, some reflecting, but as you come, come and uh, take the bread, take the cup. You can take it down here, you can take it back to your seat, but let's take some time at the feet of Jesus and use this remembrance of what he's done to thank him, to thank him for his grace, to thank him for his love. Our worship team, they'll, they'll be singing and leading in it, but I'd encourage you, just why don't you take this time, even as they sing, to just reflect and spend it at the feet of your savior. Let's move into this time of thanksgiving. You're welcome to come to the tables as God leads you. We hope today's message encouraged you in your journey of faith. 
To keep up with the latest messages and what's happening, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit venture.cc.